are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Spartans Nation, how on earth are you all doing? Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Locked on Spartans, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And it's also brought to you by this dapper and handsome gentleman, Colton Pounce of The Athletic. He does it all, covers football, he covers basketball, he brings youth and vibrance to the MSU beat. What don't you do over there, man? How on earth are you doing? It, it has been a hot minute. Thank you so much for joining, Colton. I'm doing great, man. I don't deserve that intro, but I'll happily take it. <laughs> well, I, can't, I can't go back and change it. Um, that You're going to have to sell it with it, so sorry about that. Um, what, what, a, what a whirlwind it's been around East Lansing. Yeah. You know, just casual, busy around college sports in you know, late April. Casual for Michigan State. Yeah. <laughs> The, the news of the day, though, and it's not breaking news. I think everyone kind of somewhat saw it coming, especially if you saw his Instagram story post last night, because that's the best way to, to digest news these days. Joey Hauser's back, man. Uh, this is, I think, great for Michigan State. But in your opinion, what's the best thing about Joey Hauser that MSU gets to benefit from next season? Is it that three-point shooting, experience, or is it something completely different? I think it's you know a combination of a few things. A three point shooting for sure, um, especially in Big Ten play. You could tell towards the end of the season that he was getting more confident in the shot, um, was just letting it fly instead of overthinking a little bit maybe. So I think if you're getting that Joey Hauser back, that's obviously a plus. But Joey Hauser is also a player who always did the, the dirty work that I think a lot of fans and people watching from afar just kind of overlooked. Um, you know, I know his career probably hasn't gone how most people expect it when he first transferred from Marquette, but um, he did a lot of things like his defense. There were times where, like, the viral plays will go out there where he gets burned, but a lot of times he was holding his own against some dudes, especially in that um, the Davidson game, he was doing pretty well. Obviously, it was a big offensive game in that one, too. But, yeah, I just think overall it's good for Michigan State. It's, like you mentioned, people uh, found that out by Instagram where he was kind of saying, hey, I need a roommate for East Lansing next year. So I think that right. kind of gave things away. <laughs> um, but, yeah, having him back I think is a good thing overall for Michigan State. Um, he's a veteran player. Um, we don't really know what the big situation is going to look like, especially with a guy like Julius Marble transferring out, already losing Marcus Bingham. So I think having some, you know, a guy that's been in the rotation that started games and just having that veteran experience back uh, is a good thing for Michigan State, and I think they're probably happy to have him back for sure. That was fun. I, I had a great time talking about good news for Michigan State basketball. <laughs> Let's change that right now because this is the news that we all know by now. Julius Marble, he is in the transfer portal, presumed starting center next year. Uh, also, Jalen Bridges, a transfer that they were going after, uh, he's committed to Baylor. He committed before he even made his visit to Michigan State, so things are just going great right now. Uh, should we be slamming the panic button for this offseason so far? Because right now, as it stands, oh, and I forgot the third thing. As the days dwindle further into the offseason, it's seeming more likely that Max Christie will not be coming back. So right now, hey, nine scholarship players for Michigan State. You have two centers. One of them played four minutes last season per game. The other one's a true freshman. It's not even here. Woo, we're having a great time. Um, panic button time for Michigan State fans? Or do, are you going to take us all to therapy and tell us to just chill the F out right now? Just t- take it away. I, I wouldn't be hitting the panic button 
just yet, but okay. I mean, I don't think it's been a great offseason so far. Uh, Hauser yeah. news aside, yeah, I mean, they, they couldn't land bridges. He committed elsewhere. Um, you know, I think they've been kind of hesitant with the transfer portal. I, we just even haven't seen them, you know, going after guys or creating contact. And maybe that's happening behind the scenes, but a lot of the stuff is public, so we can hear right. about it if it's out there. So yeah. that leads me to believe they're being somewhat selective about who they go after. Um, and then, yeah, Max Christie, if he stays in the draft, that's a huge blow because a lot of people were counting on him to be the guy on this team next year. Um, I was told, yeah, if we bulk him up a little bit, put like 20 pounds of muscle on him, um, having another year in the system, he's going to, you know, take that leap that we're all waiting to see. If he's not in, if he's not there, obviously, you know, that hurts Michigan State's overall. Small, it hurts their problem. Small problem, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. it hurts the outlook of that, that team next year, which I think, you know, if he's in the mix, you have some good pieces that you can build around. Um, you know, we saw A.J. Hogard take a step. Tyson Walker got more comfortable late in the year. Um, if Joey Hauser's playing like he did at the end of the season, that's a, a plus, obviously. And you've got some young, talented players coming in and a Jaden Akins who can maybe take a step forward, too. So they've got some good pieces. Um, you know, if they can add from the portal, maybe a center uh, who can – an athletic center who can go up and grab a rebound and, you know, play some defense and maybe a wing, regardless if Christie's gone or not. You've right. got enough. I think maybe there to compete, but just the way this offseason's gone, you know, the portal has not been active. They could be losing some more guys, and they also have to fill a bench spot, you know, um, with Dwayne Stevens going to Western Michigan. So that's another thing. So, yeah, I, w- I would not say it's been a great offseason for Michigan State, but it's still early. They've got a lot of time to kind of turn things around. I would just tamper and be like, hey, all right, Oscar Sheebway, like, we'll give you the $2 million that you're rumored to be getting from <laughs> Kentucky, and you get to be a player coach. Like, we'll give you that assistant role, too. Like, I, yeah. I'm I'm down for anything at this point right now. So I think it was, and I apologize if I get this podcast wrong. I believe it was the Inside the Locker Room podcast where Tom Izzo made an appearance. Uh, Jason Strayhorn, Brian Masson, they do great work over there. And I believe that Izzo on that podcast hinted at that Malik Hall might be undergoing somewhat of a position change or kind of a remix. And I see a good number of people say like, oh, cool, he'll be like a 3-4 kind of guy. And I'm like, I sounds like a four or five, especially especially now that Julius Marble's out of the mix. Like, should, should okay? Here's the question: Should Michigan State fans just be watching nothing but Villanova highlights over the summer, Houston highlights over the summer, just to really get all in with small ball? Because that's the only way I see this going now, right? Unless, unless yeah, unless we're just screwed. <laughs> I don't know if Malik has the consistent skills enough to be a three full time, um, right? Yeah. He's sort of a tweener, and that's kind of what he's been. And, I mean, he can be yeah. a successful one with Michigan State. Um, we saw him kind of hit his stride midseason before he kind of tailed off towards the end. Um, but he can be a productive player. I just don't know if that four or five spot, like, full-time is a good move for him just because he's lacking size. And one thing that Tom Izzo always talked about throughout the year was we don't really have, you know, other than Marcus Bingham, I guess, was a one player who could, you know, grab a rebound. He's got the size. But he also said we don't have a player who can really post up and give us a bucket down low. Um, I think some of that interior defense, you know, it could have been better. Uh, so my thought going into the offseason was, okay, yeah, they're of course going to go out and get a you know, center from the transfer portal who can do some of those things that Tom Izzo had talked about and said he wanted. So if the plan is just to move Malik Hall and play a small ball lineup, I don't, I don't know how it's going to work. It kind of contradicts what he was telling us, you know, midseason and beyond. So I'm not really sure about that move. If, if that's the direction he's thinking about going, I didn't listen to that podcast, but um, you know, I guess we'll see no, what, they, what they want to do with the yeah. league. Right. Yeah. That's a totally like stay tuned deal, but Hey, the off season is for speculation, man. So uh, this, this is what Absolutely. it's all about. 
Um, two more questions on basketball before we just flip entirely to football for the rest of the show here. And I, I just want to make one sad question. Then I want to end on a high note here. Um, Oscar Shibway, of course, uh, Kentucky, just Mr. Do or all things down there. Uh, player of the year last year. He announces that he's coming back. That's Michigan State's first opponent next year. So over under uh, 69 and a half combined points and rebounds for Oscar Sheeway next year, uh, especially <laughs> if MSU doesn't get a center out of the portal. Are you hammering the over, or are you just going to sprinkle some on the over of that? If, if Malik is playing the five, I'll hammer the over, the over there. Right there. <laughs> I just, I just I, okay. No, 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 no. This is a happy podcast. I'm, I'm having happy a podcast. decent day so far. We started with good news. Joey Hauser's coming back. Um, how about this to just end things? Say something nice about MSU basketball. That's that's the best question I got. It's not even a question. I'm just kind of asking you to do something. What's yeah, what's uh, something fun? Yeah. Cassius Winston a couple years okay. ago. Yeah. Final four, Don't they forget. beat Duke. <laughs> People forget that, Colton. People, People forget. forget that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. we go. Okay. Yeah, that's all I needed from you. Joey Hauser's back. We beat Duke uh, but it's three years ago, so that's right. Suck it, Coach K. <laughs> R.I.P. Bozo. All right, um, we're going to switch it to football because we got a lot to tackle here in a hot second. But, Colton, i got to uh, I got to send you to the bench to talk to you fine people about Athletic Greens. Gang, do you want better gut health, more energy, an optimized immune system? Do you hate taking pills and vitamins and just want something that tastes great? Well, Athletic Greens has the goods for you with one. Just one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. That all sounds very scientific and fancy, and it helps you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. We could all use help on those things in the off-season before we dive into another year of Michigan State Athletics. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different vitamins and pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, yes, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And as we welcome... Colton Pouncey back on. Hey, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Colton, did I sell you on some AG1 right there? Are you smashing that purchase button right now? I think you did, honestly. That sounds pretty good. And honestly, that was a flawless ad read. I, I appreciate that. that was good I stuff. can't lie. I, I I bumble, you know what, my way through every ad read. I think that's like my <laughs> first perfect game that I've had in like seven months. Uh, that was flawless. Let's, know as well as anyone it will i I promise it will not happen again um (laughs) hey spring game spring game i always got to use the air quotes when i talk about it happens on saturday and what better time to overreact to every single thing that happened in that well then right now do you have any like massive takeaway from that game or i guess what, what point blank what was your biggest takeaway from the spring game if if anything i guess the answer can be no you didn't have one but yeah i would kind of point to defense and Obviously, there's a lot of talk about the secondary and if they can not be the worst in college football <laughs> this year. I mean, nice, um, yeah. <laughs> but I also think, like, when you look at the defense overall, um, I think it'll be better just because they've added a lot of talent in, in different areas. I think they're expecting improvement in certain areas. Um, you know, versatility, foot speed. That's the thing I, I kind of saw the most. Like, Aaron Brule was out there covering wide receivers as a linebacker and, you know, going, you know, catching up with them and knocking down passes. I was like, okay, 
he's going to be a plus in pass coverage as a linebacker. That was sort of a weakness last year. Um, totally. I look at a guy like Jacoby Winman, a transfer from UNLV. He had 119 tackles last year. I think he's going to be a dude. Uh, Darius Snow making the switch to linebacker from nickel. I think he's still going to play both. But to me, what you can do with him, you can make him this versatile chess piece on defense where – and he mentioned this after the, after the spring practice that, yeah, if they're running with two tight ends, I can go on the field – and I can match up with the tight end. Um, mm-hmm. If we're going eleven person, if they're going eleven personnel with three wide receivers, we can put in a nickel, um, more maybe a cover nickel like a Chester Kimbrough, uh, who can match sure. up with those wide receivers on the inside. So I think they have some flexibility with all these pieces they've added. Uh, Darius to me might be the key of this defense. Um, he's a really intriguing player. Uh, I think he'll be okay at linebacker considering his uh, bloodlines there. I think I think that'll be a good no spot kidding, for him. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also think, you know, uh, the pass rush with Brandon Jordan, I think those guys are going to get better. Um, he's really a teacher. Um, that's kind of – he breaks things down to their roots. Um, will work things out slowly. And you see it translate to the field. You see the clips that he posts on Twitter of these NFL dudes. You know, they start in the summer working in the gym or outside on the field, and then he posts the clips of them using those moves in action. So I think anytime you're a young player, you see a guy doing that and working with those types yeah. of players – you're going to listen to everything he says. You're going to try to take what he says to heart and get better and prove yourself. So I think I expecting those guys to get better. Uh, Jeff Petrowski should have a big year. Uh, Chris Bogle transferred from Florida. I think he's going to be a big time player for Michigan state. So they've added some pieces. They've got some improvement internally. So I think the defense is going to be a lot better than it was last year. And before I get to my next question, it's Bogle, not Bogle. Like I've been saying for like four straight months. Is that, I think it's Bogle. Yeah. Unless everyone's saying it wrong. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. All right. That's that's fantastic. Got to go back and edit four months worth of episodes right there. <laughs> kind of going along with this whole defense conversation. I, I've been called a lunatic. I've been called a madman. I've gotten threats mailed to me. I woke up with the horse's head at the foot of my bed. Sounds like a normal day for you, though. Just I, I call it Wednesday over here yeah. in the Sheehan household. Um, it's because I said this the other day, like, is Cal Halliday not going to start this year after being, like, a, an All-American freshman, like, an All-Big Ten freshman team? Starter last year pretty good. Like, is is he coming off the bench at linebacker this year after having such a great freshman season? Like, because with the transfers and everyone they have, especially with Snow now becoming this linebacker, like, I, that's yeah, that's oddly on the table. But maybe it makes sense. I don't know. What, what's, like, your thoughts on the whole thing? I think, yeah, it's tough to say because when you run in four two five, only two of those dudes can get on the field. So right. I could see them maybe getting more a little bit more versatile, playing more four three, maybe three three five a little bit, just to get a third guy out there. Um, because they have four guys who can probably start for this defense at linebacker between Snow, Halliday, Brule, and Women. Um, Crouch, we'll see what happens with him, but he was banged up the entire spring. So and also I just think you add so many guys at linebacker, it's kind of like maybe he looks around and tries to hit the portal again, look for another opportunity for himself. I'm not really sure. But that linebacker spot's really interesting to me. And, like, the way I see it, they're just trying to accumulate talent and say, all right, the best two guys will be out there on the field more than the others. And I think that's a good strategy to have. Um, That seems to be the plan they're going with. And it's weird to say, considering Kyle, like, he made our freshman All-America team at the Athletic, and he had a really Mm -hmm. good year. Um but at the same time, I think he can improve, and I think he would be the first to say that. Um, pass coverage a little bit. Uh, he's got areas to work out, too. So I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to start. But regardless of who starts and you know who comes off the bench, all those guys are going to play a lot. And I think that's one of the things that they wanted to do. Where you look at the defensive line, 
they rotate so frequently, it doesn't really matter who's out there at a given time. I think they want linebacker to be the same way. So that's kind of how I view that position. Let, let's just go back to pass coverage just because it is going to be the story of the offseason. Like, how how optimistic would you be if you were, like, an MSU fan? Because on one hand, like, hey, only way to go is up, right, from last year. And number two, Scotty Hazleton commented on this last week that, well, he got, they got the full room in for this spring, whereas last year they had to wait to the summer to add three guys and talk techniques, scheme, yada, yada, yada. And listen, all good things are coming out right now. But then again, it's not like a coach is going to be in spring practice telling you guys, the media, like, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be another really bad year for us this year. So yeah. like, wh- how do you dissect truth from being a little skeptical or I guess where where's your mindset with this whole defensive backfield thing and coming off such a brutal year last year? I mean, that, it was yeah, brutal. Um, it was not good. I, not good. <laughs> That's why I drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say um, – I think depth has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, last spring they had one scholarship corner, and that was Kalen Gerben. Um, so not great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, obviously they added some guys. You know, Chester Kimbrough came in. Raul Williams came in. Um, mm-hmm. Marky Lowry. Yeah. And Chuck Brantley. But the problem was Lowry was hurt for basically most of the year. I think he maybe played like six games half the season, if that. Gotcha. Um, you know, Chuck Brantley got hurt kind of second half of the season, wasn't able to come back. I think he had surgery at some point. He's back in spring, but he was still wearing, you know, a red no-contact yeah. jersey, so he's still working his way back. Um, you know, Ron Williams was sort of banged up towards the end, uh, and Kimbrough had his ups and downs as a player. You know, I think the Nebraska game, he had the big play, but he struggled in pass coverage sometimes, so I think that's why one of the reasons why they're trying to move him inside to nickel. Um, so I think between some of those moves, like Kimbrough and nickel, bringing in Amir Speed, who started three games on a stout, stacked Georgia defense. That's going to help you. He's also just massive. He's just a huge dude. Like, I remember watching the video of him. Giant. Him and Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker's a big dude himself. Right. And, and uh, he's, like, trying to size up Amir Speed. And I'm just like, this dude's just towering over this entire position. That's amazing. Um, you wonder why he's not playing, like, wide receiver or something. But No uh, kidding. Right. Those between all those guys, you know, Ron Williams got better late in the season, I thought. Um, so he should be, I think he was a little banged up this spring too, but you know, he'll come back in the fall. Um, so I think between all those pieces, if you can bank on health, that's a really solid top four between maybe Ronald, Amir, I would imagine those two are the starters, and then Chuck and Marquis, who I thought played well when he actually was in the games. Um, he just got to stay healthy, he's a little thin, maybe bulk up a little bit. Um, that's a solid starting four. Um, rotation if you want to go that way. So I think from there, it's just a matter of staying healthy, um, guys getting more comfortable in the system, and maybe a guy like Amir Speed sort of solidifying that position to where you don't need to rely on some of the younger guys early, you know? Top five defense is all I heard you say. That, that's all I heard every time. Take away. Another, every time you said another word, like it's just the, the ranks moves off my head. And like, I, yeah, I'm in full-fledged. Homer fan delirium right now. Uh, I'm all in. That's <laughs> what spring is for, right? Oh, it's the best. I absolutely love high. it. This is great. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. And also, like, for as as stressful as basketball's been so far this offseason, like, I got to find the other end of the pendulum. Like, if I'm going to get that low in one sport, I got to get this high in another sport. And uh, that's everything absolutely. I wanted to hear right now. But we're not done talking about football yet. If, if you care to stick around and talk about the offensive side absolutely. of the ball, that's cool. See you. Awesome. I got to see if I could pitch my second perfect game, though. On an ad read and talk to you find folks about betonline.net that's right best time of year we've got it all going on right now we got some golf in the in the mix we got mlb in the mix we got nba playoffs nhl playoffs 
don't know a single thing about hockey, but I will be betting my face off on that dandy of a hectic sport in the playoffs, especially. Uh, BetOnline.net, it's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. And as we welcome Colton Pouncey back on for a third segment, he stuck around for all three guys. I, I can't believe it. One day he's not going to do this, and uh, I, I will understand. Um, I got to just ramble for a hot second because I just want to clear something up. I, I'm talking about the offensive line after the spring game. And how that, like, that is obviously a worry for, for me and a lot of state fans. And I think I use the example, like, let's say Spencer Brown gets rolled up on and, okay, it's Ethan Boyd's turn now. I want to make it clear that, like, I don't think the young guys are bad players or that they are just trash and should go to the transfer portal or that won't be good players here. My worry is that behind the ones on the offensive line, like, the twos have little to no experience. And that worries me, especially in a position where, okay, like age and experience really does help you. So I just want to clear it up right now. I think the the offensive line is full of talent. It's just, I don't know if it'll be there yet. So with that said, Colton, what's your thought on the offensive line? Is it as big of a worry as it is for most state fans? And are you also hearing rumblings on some younger guys being maybe a little more ready than many of us fans like myself think? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly the concern, especially with this situation where, yeah, the guys behind Spencer Brown and Jared Horace are both retro freshmen. You got Brandon right. Baldwin, who's been playing more on the left side, I believe, mm-hmm. and Ethan Boyd, who's been playing more on the right side. So not just there, but also, you know, some young guys like Kevin Wigginton is like the black backup left guard right now. Right. Teams. And, you know, we talked to Chris Kapilvic earlier this offseason, and he was kind of like, I see some positive, I see some negatives. Obviously, the negatives are – those guys are getting beat in practice just because one, our defensive line is really good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go up against Simeon Barrow and Jacob Slade every day. Like that's just a nightmare. Tough. Especially if you're Tough. a second year player, you know, tough task. Um, but at the same time, you know, they just got to get their feet wet. And that's, that's part of the process. You know, every offensive lineman goes through this. They're just going through it sooner where they're getting these major reps, basically getting first team reps um, as retro freshmen. You don't see that everywhere. Most of the time it takes, a couple years, maybe two to three years to actually like break through and become a starter and get that, get those snaps. Um, so it's been happening a little bit earlier. I think it's sort of accelerating their timeline a little bit, but I also think long-term that's going to help them out because if they're getting that experience going up against power five starters, uh, you know, their second spring or maybe their first spring for some of these guys, um, you know, it's going to help them not only this season, but in the future, because they'll be further along than they probably would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um so when you look at a Kevin Wigginton, you look at a Ethan Boyd, you look at a Brandon Baldwin, Gino Vandemark is another guy who I think is probably going to yeah. play in the mix a little bit more this year. Um, I think this is a positive overall, like long-term, like I've mentioned. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, it does kind of suck. Those dudes are, you know, getting it handed to them every single day in practice. And there's only six or seven of them. Like, I think what's what they were doing for the spring practice, they had eight offensive linemen, Two of those are walk-on defensive linemen who made the switch just so they would have bodies there. So they had six Perfect. scholarship linemen, basically, which is not awesome. good. But that's just the situation. <laughs> just and, yeah. But, you know, they're going to get uh, – Jared Horse is going to be back. Um, Jay right. McClain's coming back. All those guys were banged up. Matt Carrick had surgery last year. Um, they're bringing in Brian Green. And I also think 
they have one more portal spot. I would be shocked if they didn't target an offensive lineman or maybe mm-hmm. probably a tackle more specifically with that final spot. Just some guy, even if he's not a starter, some guy who has some experience who can be a backup tackle at left or right, um, just so you're not forced to put one of the redshirt freshmen in um, in case anything happens to the starters because it's really rare to go through an entire entire uh, fall season without injuries along the offensive line. So some of those guys might be tested if they don't make at least one more move. So it'll be interesting to follow for sure. Yeah, and MSU fans know that as well as anyone, that it's tough to go through a whole season without offensive linemen getting hurt. I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah, I, just like you're saying, like the whole baptism by fire thing for these young offensive linemen, like I'm watching the spring game, and I think it was on a few occasions we're watching Chris Bogle go up against early enrollee Jack Nickel. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, pr- yeah. pray for Jack right now. <laughs> oh, my God, you poor son of a gun. Uh, but, hey, okay, that's, again, you're going to grow from this sort of thing. Um with that said, uh, you know, who's going to be – this is such like a lazy question that gets probably asked to you all the time, but what new face on offense is going to be the biggest impact for Michigan State this year? Is it going to be a tight end like Daniel Barker out of Illinois, Brian Green you just mentioned on the offensive line, or hey, we got running backs coming in. We also got a sweet young receiver in Jeremy Bernard. Like, who, who do you think is actually going to help this offense the most instantly next season? Um. I think you go a few different routes. I would probably lean. I like Jarek Broussard a lot. You know, okay. he wasn't here this spring, but I mean, right. he was the 2020 Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. I think he's got probably the most wiggle out of anyone in that running back room. I'm not trying to compare him to Kenneth Walker the third, sure, but he's got some of those qualities where where Kenneth would break a tackle and take it like 60 yards. Uh, yeah. Jarek's the guy who can break a tackle and get you, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. Can you know? not consistently, but enough to where it can make an impact over the course of a game. Um, you know, low center of gravity, um, takes care of the ball. He's a little bit smaller, so I kind of worry about injury concerns. So maybe that's where, you know, Jalen Berger, they try to, you know, get him more in the mix. Because Kenneth was taking all those snaps and all those carries a year ago. They didn't oh, yeah. really need a committee there. So maybe if you're feeling somewhat concerned about Jerick Roussard's health, um, you try to get more of those guys in the mix. You know, for Davion Prim a lot, I think Berger will play a lot. Maybe they carve out a role for Harold Joyner on third downs. Uh, he's a good receiving back. So they've yeah. got some options there um, at running back for sure. But I would say Jarek and, and Daniel Barker, like you mentioned, I think he's another guy that's going to come in. The transfer from Illinois, um, tight end. I think he's a veteran guy who, if Malik isn't quite ready to take that leap, mm-hmm. um, I think that takes some pressure off of him. So they can kind of put Malik out there to do his thing put Barker out there to do his thing. And all of a sudden you have a pretty good one, two punch at tight end. So those are two guys that probably look at my, my favorite thing in the world to do. And I think I've done it like maybe eight times so far is uh, say that Jared Broussard is not Kenneth Walker, but like, I, that's like my favorite thing to do. And yeah, like, yeah it, cause it's, <laughs> you got to put the qualifier out there. Exactly. Like there are some similarities out there, but like it, it is, it's a poor man's Kenneth Walker essentially. And I, Hey, that even a poor man's Kenneth Walker, Damn good player. Like, you, yeah, you take that absolutely. 10 out of 10 times. That's awesome. Um, Last question. Uh, how sick are you of hearing or talking about spring game attendance? Or do you think it actually has some credence to how just the lifeblood of a program is? No, I think that's stupid. Perfect. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Excellent. like here, it was it was cold. Uh, it was like Easter Miserable. weekend. Like, yeah. no one's trying to – I understand. And, and it wasn't even a spring game. It was a practice. So – I understand how it's not the most sexy yeah. spring game out there, but can't tailgate. You know, like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Alan Howard, come on. You, you, free text for everyone, Alan. Come yeah. on. Let's go. 
Jesus. I don't think it speaks to like we don't we don't need to make any like grand declarations about what it's what it says about a football program because mm-hmm. some of those SEC schools that pack the stadiums, there's nothing else to do in that state or in that city, you know. So yeah, I understand it. It's whatever. Um, what matters more is if you can create an environment in the fall when these recruits are visiting and taking official visits and things like that, or just over the summer when it's a little bit warmer, those official visits are going to be huge. So if you're talking about recruiting impact and all this stuff, that weather and stuff doesn't really matter to me. It's more like um, big picture, what you can do when you get those guys on campus for their officials. So that's, that's kind of how I view it. Yeah. Wow. No kidding. <laughs> that's, yeah. I know that, that's, that, that's like the favorite thing for like just us fans to just banter about and just, of course, yeah. like, you know, rival schools just yell at each other about it too. Like, uh, because we're, we're getting to that point in the off season where I think things are going to start heating up online where both fan yeah. bases, Michigan, Michigan state are going to start getting bored and, uh, we'll just start There's nothing yelling to talk about. You need some content oh. and yeah, that's right. a good talking point in the meantime, I'll get you through end yeah. of April, early May. Oh, something yeah. else will come up oh, and then you'll talk absolutely. about that. So, it's sort yeah, of like some, some random like four star tight end will commit to either school in the dead of June, and that'll start like World War Three. And like, I can't yep. wait for it. Let's go. I got to get back in my bag here of yelling <laughs> at strangers online about college athletics. That's what I'm talking about, Colton. Uh, anything you're working on at, at the athletic uh, that you want to tease, or are you just using like the next few months to just recharge your incredibly drained batteries after the hard work <laughs> you've done in the last like God knows how many months uh, for <laughs> on the beat of Michigan State. I will say I am a little exhausted because this is my first year doing football and basketball. So we went from that's a grind football yeah. coverage started like July for Big Ten Media Days, uh, finished in December, then straight into basketball. Basketball was over in March, and then straight into spring football. So I am a little gassed. I don't know how these people do it. The other beat writers do it full time. No kidding. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll get through. I'm, I think I'm taking all of next week off just to recharge. Um, but I will have some stuff in the meantime. Um, going to have a recruiting story and just where Michigan State stands with some of these top players they're going after uh, probably in the next few days. Um, I think I'll have a story on Kenneth Walker next week um, ahead of the draft. So, sure. yeah, we'll, we'll have some stuff to talk about for sure. Lovely. So the, the Athletic isn't just spending money on you to go to all-inclusive to recharge uh, down in, like, Cabo St. Lucas or anything like that? No. that's all right. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that up with my bosses and see if that's something we can work in to the budget. But, yeah, I'll keep you posted. Put that on top of my to-do list. Threaten the athletics upper management <laughs> on behalf tweet, of Tweet out our HQ account until the Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Say less. Yeah, you got it, man. All right. Well, Colton, this is awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining again, uh, especially as your gas tank's on E, probably just talking about all things MSU. But, uh, hey, for, for 30 minutes, I, I, I had an awesome time. You're the best, Colton. Check him out at The Athletic. He does fantastic, fantastic work. Just a great guy all around, Colton Pouncey. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. All right.